praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to welcome you, uh, everyone that is connected in even right now to this wonderful Freedom Streams. Um, we are here to take you in the Word of God. I am Pastor Dennis Matovu, all the way from Freedom Experience Ministry in Uganda. And I trust the Lord that uh, everyone that is still uh, with us from the day we started wonderful teachings you have been blessed you are growing in the lord and you are built up in him even in this wonderful truth of the lord we have this wonderful series of teachings concerning the god that is dispensing himself in us and we are talking about the uh, experiencing god is eternal new testament plan he has a plan and this plan his plan is eternal but we we can best see it in the book in the new testament god has got a desire and we have seen that before we come to this uh revelation and knowledge we need to know the kind of god that is dispensing himself into man his aspects and his person we have come to uh, the 17th aspect that means that uh, we are left with only only uh something like four to five aspects I, I believe that we are going to be sharing of seeing God and what he is in plain words in the New Testament. Recently we talked about him being the consuming fire in his holiness and severity. We talked about him being the immortal one waiting in unapproachable light. And we went on to speak and to talk more about this God as the living God. But today let us see God as the almighty God the almighty God so a number of verses tell tell us that uh, God is the almighty one he is the almighty one when you read Revelation chapter 1 verses 8 you see that the Bible says that I am the alpha and omega the beginning and the ending says the Lord is and who was and who is to come the almighty so plus several verses in the book of revelation chapter 4 verses 8 revelation chapter 19 verse 6 i read some of the verses for you in 4 8 it says that and each one of the four living creatures had six wings about him and with him within being full of eyes and they had no rest day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. See, this Almighty God was and is and is to come. When we read also uh, Revelation 19, verses uh, 6, we see that it says that, uh, And I heard as, as the sound of a great multitude, of the sound of the many waters as of the sound of the strong thunder saying hallelujah or the Lord God omnipotent reigns and this is the God we are talking about even when you read verses 15 it says that uh, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it, it he should strike the nations and he will shepherd them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the wine of the anger and of the wrath of the Almighty God. In other words, we can also read Second Corinthians six, 
18 if started with these scriptures for you to see him the almighty god the bible talks about him in second corinthians uh, 6 verses 18 says that and i will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty so we come to experience this god as the almighty god especially in the book of revelation because the book of revelation re- unveils god is god as the almighty now in the hebrew language the title god means the mighty one the mighty one the one who is mighty the one who is powerful so but when we come to revelation we see that god is not only the mighty one that is almighty almighty as the almighty one he is powerful in every way in every aspect in everything and in everyone he is almighty glory to god for that another aspect is god being the only true god this is our 18th aspect of this god that is explained in plain words in the new testament he calls himself the only true God. Remember in the book of John 17 verse 3, Lord Jesus addresses the Father as the only true God. Now this indicates that only God is the reality. Only God is the truth. Anything that is outside God is not true and it's not a reality. Praise God. So the Lord came with God as the truth, as the reality. That's why the Bible says uh, in John 1.14, when the word was made flesh, when the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he came with this God, and this this God came as the truth, as the reality. So Jesus came with grace and reality. So to make our life real, He had to come with God as the truth, in order that we may we may know this reality, the true God, the Lord has given us eternal life. Jesus has given us the eternal life that we may be able to know this reality, this true God. We need the life that is able. Understand him when you read in the words of of of, of John, um, of Jesus in in the book of John chapter seventeen, verses two to three. You see that they imply that eternal life has the ability to know the true God, and that's why Jesus comes to give us eternal life, so that we are able to know this true God. He says in verse two three. John 17, even as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to all you have given him. And he says that, and this is the life eternal that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, we have received the eternal life so that we may know him who is the only true God. So in order to know the true God, that means we need his divine life. We need this eternal life to know this true God. 
Those people that don't have the life of God, they cannot know God, they cannot know him as the only true God. That's why they will go to other gods because they don't have eternal life. It takes eternal life for us to know the only true God. Now because as believers we have we have been born of that divine life, we are able to know him. We are able to know him as a true God. The life of the true God certainly is able to know the true God. And this life is in us. This life that we have is able to know God. It's able to know that God is the true God. Hallelujah. And since we have the life of the true God, then we have the ability to know the only true God. This ability is within us. We are able to fathom him, to understand him. First John chapter 5 verses 20 says that we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So John says that we know that the Son of God Jesus Christ has come is that knowledge in us. And also we know that he has given us an understanding that we might know him. This understanding is in all believers. There is an understanding that makes us to know the only true God. Praise the name of Jesus. He says him who is true that we might know him the true God. Now to know him who is true actually means experience him to enjoy him to possess that true God and the knowledge here is subjective for us to know the only true God is not objective it is part of us we know him subjectively that's what called experiencing him enjoying him possessing him taking him as a portion hallelujah so we need the true God is life the eternal life in order to experience him, to enjoy him, to possess him as the only true God. And this is why in 1 John 5.20, there is this expression, him who is true. It is used twice. In other words, the true one. It means the true one. To speak of God simply as God may be to speak uh, in a rather objective way. But when we call him true one. It makes him to be subjective. It refers to God becoming subjective to us. Is the true one. We have enjoyed him. God who is objective becomes the true one in our life and experience subjectively. So we are not touching a God who is objective outside us. But we are touching a God who is living with us, within us, as the true one. He is in our life. He is for us to experience subjectively. Praise the Lord. So the true one is the reality. This is why Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has through his incarnation, death and resurrection, given us an understanding. Through the process he has gone through, he has now given us a knowledge understanding so that we may know that this God is for us to experience to enjoy and possess so that we may possess his divine reality 
today God who was once merely objective to us has become our subjective reality. He's no longer a God in heaven. He's a God that is within us. Glory to God that in the mighty name of Jesus. He is for us to enjoy. That's why the last part of First John chapter 5 verse 20 says that this is the true God and eternal life. And here it refers to the God who has come through incarnation. That's why he says this is the true God. So he's not uh, talking about a God who is far. He's talking about a God who is already among us. Who is already within us. He has come through incarnation. He has given us the ability to know him subjectively as the true one. Making us one with him organically in his son Jesus Christ. So all this is the true God and eternal life to us. Hallelujah. So all that is this God is true is to us and this is eternal life. He has become eternal life to us so that we may partake of him. We may enjoy him as everything to our regenerated being. He has become all things that we need for life. Glory to God. I will continue with another aspect of this God in his person explained in plain words as the only sovereign God. The only sovereign God. And when we read in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.15 In the book of Timothy he says, chapter 6 verses 15 says that for he in his own time will reveal who is the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords he says that to keep the he says which he will display at the proper time he who is the blessed and only sovereign god the king of kings and lord of lords praise the name jesus so Paul, when he was under uh, Caesar's rule, he tells us that God is the only sovereign. Indicating that God is the only ruler, the only emperor. is the only emperor, only sovereign. This emperor has the most absolute and the highest authority and power. And therefore, he is the king of those who reign as kings. And those that reign as, as Lord. He's Lord of those that rule as Lords. See, in those days, Caesar was under, was under this God still. This is why Apostle, Apostle Paul was imprisoned under Caesar. He was encouraged by knowing God as such a sovereign God. So he never worried about King Caesar, Emperor Caesar. He did not worry about him because he knew that God is the only sovereign God. His other kings and lords, they are under his authority. Hallelujah. So, let us continue to know him in our 20th aspect as the sovereign Lord, only and true. He is the sovereign Lord. He is holy and true. Sovereign, holy and true. Revelation chapter 6 verses 10. Now, we see that they had muttered the saints. But the the martyred saints called this God 
In Revelation 16, the sovereign Lord, holy and true. Revelation 16. And here the Greek word for sovereign Lord is, it means that a slave's master who has absolute sovereign power over the slave, he is the sovereign Lord. This slave, he says, it means his master has absolute power over this slave. As in Acts chapter 4, verses 24, the Bible talks about such a scenario. Acts chapter 4, verses 24, it says that, Having heard, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are the God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. See, they were threatened, but they had their master who has power over them. Luke chapter 2, verses 29. And the Bible says that, Lord, now you will let your servant depart in peace according to your word. This was Simeon. He's taking this God, sovereign, is my Lord denoting a slave's master who has absolute power. When you come to the book of Jude, verses 4, Jude says in verse 4 that for certain men crept in secretly, those having been of old previously written into uh, his condemnation, ungodly ones, perverting the grace of our God, or unbridled lust and denying the only master, they are denying the only master, God, even our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Jude is mentioning Jesus as the only master. And when you come to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, you see that Paul is using the same, says, Let us, let as many slaves as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of the name and doctrine of God may not be blasphemed he was teaching those that are slaves to glorify and to honor their masters so even as children of God we do honor our Lord Jesus Christ so we see that the saints who suffered martyrdom for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, they recognize every, uh, they recognize the very God whom they served and who allowed them to be martyred, to be killed. Such a sovereign master, such a sovereign master who, who is holy, he's distinct from all ages. He is true, he is truthful, he is, and in his nature and character, we see that he has made them holy, sanctified them, separated them and true truthful and faithful to him. He has made these matters to be faithful in that they, they said if it is to die, we shall die because they had a sovereign master. They were willing to, to, to sacrifice their lives. They remained faithful. They remained truthful to their master. Praise the name Jesus. So, we see that another aspect is God being the king of ages. He is the king of ages. First Timothy 1.17 speaks of God as the king of ages. And here ages actually means eternity. 
This word needs to be understood in relation to the decline of the church. When Paul was in prison, the churches began to decline and the situation was very disappointing. So many people were discouraged. Even some of Paul's co-workers, they left him because they were uh, like strengthened themselves in him and now he's imprisoned. So, but this Paul had a strong faith with an absolute assurance. He knew the God that in whom he believed, the one who had entrusted him with the gospel of glory. He knew him as the king of ages. It reminded uh, Timothy, this is the king of ages that I'm talking about. So he knew that he has with this one, there is absolute authority for eternity. It never changes. Paul knew that no earthly king can be called the king of ages. Caesar was a temporary ruler in those days. God is sovereign. God is the God of all ages. The God whom Paul served as truly the king of ages, the king of eternity, whom we serve even today, is being dispensed into us as the king of ages. He is the king of eternity. Glory to God. And we have another aspect that is aspect 22. This God being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. 1 Timothy 6, 15 still says, uh, Paul is talking about uh, this wonderful God as the king of those who reign as kings and lord of those who rule as lords. Indicating that God is the highest authority. He is the, the highest authority in the entire universe. Therefore, he is only sovereign in whom and this one in whom we trust. Let us talk about some two more aspects and we shall end this wonderful episode. So, we have him in the 23rd aspect as the incorruptible God. Still in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 17, Paul calls this God the incorruptible one. He cannot be corrupted no matter the situation. Our God is incorruptible. The Bible says that now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. So he is immortal. He cannot be corrupted. He is eternal. Praise God. So he is the king of ages. But this God is also incorruptible. Never changes. He says he never changes. Never changes in his nature. Never changes in his power. See? He never changes in any kind of his attributes. He always remains the same. Everything except him is corruptible. But God is incorruptible. So the church may decline, the church may deteriorate, or the, the, the church may become degraded, but our God is incorruptible. If we stick unto such a God who never changes, then we shall uh, be sustained. Hallelujah. So lastly, lastly, uh, our 24th aspect will be 
eternal God. The eternal God. And when we come to Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, the Bible says, uh, Romans 15, verse, and the last, uh, the verses 25, 26 says that, but now I am going to Jerusalem to, uh, sorry, I, I, I meant 16, uh, Romans 16, verses 25 and 6. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and to the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery having been unvoiced during eternal times. He says in verse 26, but now has been made plain and by the prophetic scriptures according to the commandment of everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. He's saying unto him the eternal God. God has given the command to make the hidden mystery known to all nations and this God is eternal. Now this indicates that God remains immutable. Not subject to any change. He is an immutable God. It does not change. It is not subject to any change, no matter ages. Due to, it cannot be subject to any change. Maybe due to any kind of environment or circumstances, God does not say, does not change. He remains the same. Since the God who gives this command is eternal, He remains unchangeable forever, because He has commanded. So is His command. His command is unchanged because the one who commands it is mutable. So, we have over 24, 24 points that we have covered here previously on this wonderful God from the time we began. But we have seen recently the head of Christ being the savior of, of all, God being the Abba Father, the believers, God being the only God, God being invisible, God being a living God, God being the immortal one dwelling in an approachable light, the consuming fire in his holiness and severity is the almighty God. We have seen it today. Only true God, the, the only sovereign God, the sovereign Lord and holy and true, the king of ages, the king of kings, the Lord of Lords, the incorruptible one, and then the eternal God. So far, we have seen the kind of God that has dispensed himself into us, has got 24 aspects in the New Testament that explain him in plain words, whereby we can know the kind of God that we are serving, the kind of God that has dispensed himself in us. This is the God that is in man today. This makes us special. This makes us with this knowledge to stand in such a bold state and a bold way and we declare this God to nations. We preach him to nations. We are steadfast in our faith because whatever he is in his aspects is for us to enjoy, is to meet our needs, is to supply us. Whatever all these 24 aspects we have seen, they are for you, they are for me enjoy this God. He is able to explain himself even unto many aspects. Only that we may come to certain knowledge. 
have a certain understanding of the God that is in us. We love this God. We serve this God. We fellowship with this God. He is the triune God living in man today for man's enjoyment and for his expression. This is the God that we are preaching to you. This is the God that we are dispensing globally. Once again, I'll stop here. This is Pastor Dennis and this has been our 23rd episode. We trust the Lord that we are still going on with our many episodes in this wonderful teaching series of Experiencing God's Eternal New Testament Plan. We will discover out of truths for us to enjoy, for us to get to full realization of the living God that is in us. Glory to God. And the Lord bless you, Pastor Dennis. In case you missed the previous episodes, please download Freedom Experience app. Or you can visit our website. And on our website, you'll find many episodes where there is uh, podcasts. You click the, page, the tab called podcast. You come to where we have all our podcasts for you to at least listen to everything that we have in our uh, our library. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus, Pastor Dennis, Freedom Experience Ministry. <music>